everybody. This is another episode, if you could believe it, of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name is Alon. And I'm still Ara. So it's been like a month. It has. It feels like it's been like a month. And the funny thing is, is that we actually haven't talked since the last show. Yeah, no, not 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 except to be like, hey, we're going to do a show. Um, and that makes sense because I was busy bringing new life into this world or at least watching that happen. Show off. Do you know, there's so much I could talk about, about the process of birth. About babies? Uh, well, specifically, I'm thinking the birthing process. Um, and I'm, going, I'm, I'm deciding whether or not I should. I think I will. It's amazing just how many things come out of a woman giving birth that are not a baby. <laughs> I don't this know. is a perspective that's new to me. Yeah, so we all know... That during the process of, of uh, birth, the baby comes out. And if you are smart, or I should say educated, you probably also know that what is referred to as the afterbirth or the placenta also comes out. Heard about that in uh, yep. some culinary circles. Yeah. <laughs> you, might, you might have also heard that, you know, water breaks at some point, which is the phrase used to describe that a sack surrounding a lot of water has broken. But, you know... That sack also comes out, and there's also a lot of blood involved. And there are a lot of times when people feel the need, people like medical professionals who are involved in this process, who feel the need to put their hand completely inside of the woman. That, uh, that must know, have been a fantastic experience. For various checkups. Like you've heard, I want, I'm trying to keep this clean. I mean, I'm talking about things that are technically dirty. Well, we're right? already beyond that point. Yeah. So. Not miscreant, but like, you know, unclean. No, that's what I mean. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to use the terms that might be used in, say, you know, porn. Uh, but those types of things definitely happen. They're measuring things and checking things. And we tried to do a super hippie birth where, like, a lot of that stuff didn't happen. It didn't so much work out for us. We had to go through some more traditional processes we didn't uh, expect. But no matter what, you're going to see people put their hands in places that they don't normally don't go and pull out handfuls, like plural, handfuls of just human goo. And wow. it is like, it's very much like a horror video game. Like, you know, when you see, uh, when you take a big old gun and you shoot a big old alien with it and he explodes into a big old explosion of goo you're talking about gibbs you're saying that pregnancies have gibbs i haven't heard that term before yeah that's the uh, official nomenclature for just like an explosion of goo yes um all right then then yeah <laughs> or uh, if you'd like me to get more precise uh, chunks of flesh yeah, for dude. effect purposes. Gibbs everywhere. And the thing is, as a as the father, I'm there with the camera, right? And I want to take lots of photos. But at the same time, I've got to, like, be there for the wife. And so, you know, do you do this? Do you, do you take a photo? Or do you try to comfort her during this, you know, difficult time? And I, every time I would see the midwife shove her hand up there and then come out with, like, just a handful of bloody goo, I wanted to take a picture because I was like, this is awesome. I need evidence of this you are I did a weird get a, person no this <laughs> i did get a picture of the big old placenta she was like oh we, here's the placenta take a look it's they we call it the tree of life because it has like all these veins and stuff and that's cool and by the way huge um but uh but yeah i didn't get a picture of the goo because i was too busy doing other things um i didn't get a lot of pictures of of gore um but anyway i have a baby now which i think is obvious at this point in the discussion um, his name, if anyone's curious or wants to send gifts, is uh, Dax, D like dog, A-X, you know, kind of like Max. Uh, so Dax Carbon. I think Carbon should have been his first name, but I couldn't, I couldn't make that fly. Um, I think it's the greatest name for either a boy or a girl, really. And my argument was this. Have, was it going to be that name regardless of gender? No, we had a different name for a girl. Uh, did, did I already discuss Carbon with you and why it's an awesome name? Um, I, yeah, you have told me that you've desired Carbon. Yeah, so it's great for, these, for this reason. Let me explain to people. Uh, first of all, it is a basic element, which makes it nerdy and cool to begin with. It's also a very important one. Uh, we are made of it. 
a lot of it. Um, it's beautiful, right, in diamonds. So it's it's very it can be pretty. Um, it can give life with carbon dioxide. It grows many plants, right? Um, it also can be super deadly with carbon monoxide. It can totally kill us. Uh, it's very friendly. It takes on like ions or electrons or whatever. I don't remember the science around this stuff, but like it bonds with lots of things. So I figured like it really, it is significant. And it sounds like other real first names like Corbin and stuff, which, which my wife liked. And I was like, why don't you love carbon if you liked Corbin? Anyway, Dax Carbon is the name. He's awesome. We're not putting him on Facebook. So lots of my friends have not seen photos. I believe you're included in that. Um, and uh, so it'll stay that way. But he's, he's pretty cool. And I very much look forward to the day when I get to play some games with him. And I think I've, I've brought this up in the past in anticipation of having a child. And asked people, like, what are the games that I should be playing with my kid? Like, I need a top 10. And I want to, I plan to expose him to games in a similar way that I was, but in a compressed schedule, right? Like, when he's a kid and first starts seeing me playing games and wants to play, I'm going to be like, wait, slow down, cowboy. We got to break out the NES. Or if I get really crazy, the Atari. Um, Yeah, you know what you should do? Uh, You should make sure that the first technology he sees is from 1979. (sighs) Get, to give him some perspective, maybe. <laughs> uh, like, he's going to see me play. But that's got to be after, like, three or four because, you know, kids forget everything before that age. Yeah, there's some point. And I don't know what it is. My wife will tell me. But, but like, I want to introduce him to Nintendo. So he gets, like, the D-pad and two buttons, not all of the craziness. And then, you know, move him up and be like, here's a Super Nintendo. And here's what you can do on the Super Nintendo and why it's awesome. And then yeah. what's next? And he's you know? like, but, Daddy, I want to play all these other things. You'd be like, no, that's in three years, son. Yeah, pretty much. And like this way, it's great because as the kids grow up, you know, kids constantly want new video games, right? 50 bucks here, 50 bucks there. This way I could be like, listen, you can have all the Nintendo games you want for basically free. So like you want a new game? Cool. Here's this. Don't ever go to a friend's house where they have real video games. (laughs) Um, Okay, definitely. Well, finish what you were saying and then I'll I'll explain how you've inspired me. I was was just going to say, even though I know I brought this up before, I didn't archive it. I need recommendations for like the i should just limit it to 10 the top 10 list of games to introduce someone to for each major generation uh so i'll I'll probably end up skipping the atari although i mean at some point i'm sure i'll show him how dare you basically there's nothing fun on the atari so forget that um but like top 10 nintendo games top 10 super nintendo and if there are really some sega nuts out there if there's something on the mega drive or genesis that you really want to talk about fine um and then you know all of the the generations subsequent to that if we can get a list of 10 basically for any nintendo system would be satisfying uh and then i can i can sort of walk him through these in stages and introduce him to new control mechanisms and different styles of games and um I'm going to have to figure out how to introduce music games since it might be hard to get peripherals in, you know, five years. You've thought a lot about work. I mean, I'm thinking about it now. It's important to me. Uh, You know, the kid needs to hopefully I'll instill some athleticism into him, but also a lot of game playing. If for nothing else, the fact that I need someone to play games with me because no one will play games with me anymore. So I need someone else to play. And so luckily I got a boy because a girl would be less interested in this, I think. Or you could be, you know, running the ultimate um, gender experiment and, you know, put to rest all of these huge controversies that have been happening in the game industry lately. And just, you know, bring up a girl to just play games. The thing is, they hit an age where they're just no longer interested in anything but boys. and. Oh, isn't that interesting? I wonder why no one brings that part up. Yeah. So, I mean, like for the early years, yeah. Girls like games just like boys, and if they were exposed to them more, I'm sure they would get, you know, play them more and be, you know, as competitive, meaning there would be as many women able to compete with men in the game space and all that. Well, alas, um, alas, you do not have the equipment to resolve the nature versus nurture. I, I don't, but we'll make another one soon enough. And, you know, if the odds play out, it would be a girl, I suppose. Yeah, or um, if it feels like you're playing Puzzle and Dragons, you'll get a boy the next seven times. <laughs> Perhaps. All right, which, well, which incidentally um, is also possible by random chance because it that's is, how random trials it work. Is. Although, did you know that the more kids you have, the more likely the, the later ones are to be gay? 
this is new information for me. Yeah, I don't know why that was relevant to this discussion, but I feel like okay, like uh, all right, I don't want to get more girl like. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, apparently that happens. Like, if you have lots of boys, then the tendency, like the tendency for gayness, it happens more in non-first or second children. Like it, the propensity of gayness happens further down the line. I see. Well, I'm a first um, child, and I'm not gay, so that yeah, totally not that that has anything to do with game playing. I don't think they've they've assigned any correlation to uh, sexuality to you know, affinity for gaming. But anyway, um, so obviously this show, uh, we haven't done in a while. Dude, okay, no, hold on, hold on. There's still something really baby important I have to mention. Okay, and then I'll do the setup you, afterwards. You inspired me. Now you know that I'm not going to have any babies. But... It's, I as, mean, it's possible you could change your mind. As a, or as accidentally. A, I mean, anything's possible. But... As an academic exercise, you inspired me to name my theoretical baby. <laughs> okay. I'm going to name him Carbonara. <laughs> That's actually funny. That's good. See, it's got it's got because I can steal your name, uh, I can still use my name, and it's um, it's also the word is also used. See, now I'm going over the values just like you did for yours. It's also used uh, as the name of a dish at um, some chain Italian chain restaurant, so that's also very valuable. And um, because you like associating your things you like with food, I don't know. And that's all I can come up with. So yeah. Okay. All right. Um, that's well, all that's, I got. That's good. I like that. Um, now I gotta say though, Jews, I'm told, don't reuse names of living people. So like, there's never going to be a junior. Wait uh, a minute. Is Armenian culture different? Do they well, Jews don't they, reuse names of living people? Yeah, you're not supposed to name been, a child after a living relative. Oh, after a relative, but they can like there's I know there's one more than one Moisha in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lived yeah, at the yeah. same time. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's plenty of Aris and and Mushes. Yes, but uh but no, living relatives. So it's not like Uncle George and oh, nephew George. I see. No, we have no such respect. I I know like five other Aras. All in the same family? Well, no, they're from different families, but um, I've never known of uh, such a thing. Well, because stealing your own name for your kid might not, at least in, I want to say my culture. It's not really my culture, but my whatever. I, there's blood that makes me Jewish or something. Yeah. Um, well, you know, right, you could do the thing. Well, it's it's past the point. But, you know, you could just, like, use your name and then, like, Add a L or like change the vowel, you know, just one of those little change ups. Yeah, I call him Alan. Yeah, that, that'd be disruptive. Um, all right, so getting away from the baby thing, which still has you know gaming elements, I want you guys to send me your lists of games or suggestions. Um, Facebook's a good place for that. Uh, we are obviously coming back after a long time. There have been talks about you know should we lengthen the show, and we lengthen the last one. Um, we would have normally gone to break right about now, but we opted. We're just instead of doing a four segment show that breaks it up more. You guys have always said you want us to be able to keep going a bit. So we aren't going to do just one long show because I still think there's value to breaking it up and sort of getting our heads back together. But we're just going to do two. Uh, so obviously there's no break right now. And if that goes over well, or then, we'll do three, depending on what happens during the second recording, I, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's still a learning process, but the plan right now is two segments and as we're recording so far, nothing has gone bad. So that's that's how we'll do it, um, which also means you will have you know less annoying breaks. You won't have to hear the uh, Help Chatterbox commercial, although I will tell you that HelpChatterbox.com is somewhere that you should go, uh, which is just Amazon, but it gets us money, um, a very, very tiny amount. So do that and enjoy the fewer commercial breaks. And now we can we can talk about other stuff. Like what I discovered on my Xbox One yesterday. But I, I don't know where you want to go because we have so well, so much for the little time that we now ha have remaining. Okay, just do me a solid and let me get GT6 out of the way. Okay, deal. I just wanted to use that word, solid. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, they about a month, actually about two and a half weeks ago, they updated and they update things. This is another um, harrowing tale uh, that is not about GT6. GT6 is just has just set the stage for this situation. 
So when they update a PlayStation 3 game, the way that they update them, and I don't know how this is on 4. I'm assuming it's the same on the new shit. But when they do that, you can't go online with the game if you don't update. So when there's an update, it's not like, eh, I'm going to choose not to update. Because also there's like a lot of really important features that are not actually online, but include accessing online content in GT6. So effectively, you can't really play the whole game in, unless you update. And what happened the last time they updated, which was version 1.10, was that it broke the multi-monitor feature, which is the only reason why I have this product. And as you may remember, wow. one doesn't get into multi-monitor feature without spending thousands of dollars. Now, you think this was an unintentional break, or they released it knowing that it ruined that? I, I don't know, actually. Um, it was definitely discovered very quickly amongst the public. And I was very upset because of all the reasons I told you a second ago. And it was like uh, I felt really gypped as a customer. It was actually the first time in my life that I've felt ripped off genuinely as a video game customer. That these these guys are dicking me around now. Because who releases an update without fully testing it? So Are you kidding me? Have, well, in, I mean, in, in a corporation like Sony... Yeah, but come I mean, on. They need to have all this stuff ship-shaped. For weeks, you've been you've been talking about, or I should say for episodes, you've been talking about yeah, how they release yeah. an update and then it makes a break. Right. and But see, up until now, the things that have broken in the process have been just these tiny niggling things. But this is like the whole reason to play the game if you have this stuff. So uh, anyway, it was very unpleasant. But then something just happened today. Uh, so it's been exactly two and a half weeks since that update. They actually just released another update, and it—I haven't tried it yet. But it is just to fix, for the most part, the, what they broke. So I'm really happy that they didn't wait two months. It really seemed like this was some kind of critical crisis, and. They tried to fix it as fast as they can and shot out another update as fast as they could, which uh, is two and a half weeks. But actually, I think that I'm, I mean, I'm rather impressed by that because I have a feeling like they knew what it was going to do and they went to work on trying to fix it right away. But because the number of users who use multi-screen is infinitesimally small compared to their user base, they just decided to bite the bullet. That's my theory. Yeah, so they knew it was going to break it. They released the update to break it and then quickly released the re the resolution. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. in in two and a half weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, I got to hand it to them. You're right. That is a pretty short short cycle to get something fixed. So unfortunately, if that were the case, you would think they would say, hey, guys, this breaks multi-monitor support. There's going to be a fix very soon to resolve that. Uh, and well, I'm guessing they did not make that communication no but then but that gets into another pr can of worms at least for some entities where right now you're questioning like do you actually tell your users that you're giving them an update forcibly that will break something well i mean in that case i probably would have said uh oh guys we realized the update we just pushed created this problem yeah. we're going to work on it well there's there's no there's no uh there's no real communication between the devs and the public well i so. mean but you're you're a power user who's all up in the forums and stuff, just like we, me and Killer Instinct, right? Like when yeah, you yeah. want to know something because something's not working or not going the way that you expect, you you right. dig for the details. So you would have found the Twitter account or the web page or the forum or whatever. Yeah, well, the, well, there's an unofficial forum and there are official forums. But the thing is, is that they don't – Sony or Polyphony as an entity, they would never announce anything like that. They would never have any official communication. You know, that – They just – they do not have that line. That actually – uh, like leads really well into something else that I wanted to cover. Did, did you see this thing about Nintendo? Well, let's go for it. There was that guy who, I can't even remember his title. I really, I should have researched this more right before the show. But there was a guy from Nintendo who like either just quit or got fired or, you know, separated ways. He was like the community manager or something. So, you know, I, I saw something. Didn't you post something on our Facebook about I that? I feel like I did. 
Yeah, let me yeah. let me move to that. I've got it in front of me. Um, but but of course I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah. So oh, so he was like the the indie indie relations guy. Okay, so no more indie relations guy. So they're saying what? No more indie relations. Yeah. His his tweet was: I'm happy to announce I reached an agreement with Nintendo of America, whereby I can tweet again. The arrangement includes my not working for them anymore. Um, wow. So he was the independent developer liaison basically technically yeah, his I, title was something else but but whatever i kind of get the impression that the japanese corporate culture is one that values minimal communication yeah absolutely and we and we talked about this in the comments on our facebook page someone was saying that like nintendo's pride is costing them a lot these days and i i said i don't think it's pride as much as just like uh, a slow, blind-ish transition. Like they're, they're not accepting the new world. Yeah. And it's because yeah. I, I think this idea of transparency and basically all of the elements of social media um, are very much American, right? And I know America is not the only one that participates in social media, but... Um, you can say Western. Yeah, th- that's, that's a better that's way to put nice it. And- I mean, social media, the, the big ones were developed in America... And all the all the ones that are big elsewhere, I think, were copying like the Facebook system, which was developed here. Um, and so, this idea of like high customer service and like high transparency, even though lots of companies in America also have not succeeded in that area, it is still a very American ideal. And I think the Japanese just aren't really. Yeah, well, it's not a Japanese yeah, ideal. They're slow sure. to pick it up, and so I don't think Nintendo is like pushing against it. They just haven't. They haven't really absorbed it yet, and it's going to be very difficult for them because of the culture difference. Um, but that's it's exactly the same as what you're talking about with Sony. Like, yeah, of course they didn't communicate it. Well, Nintendo has this issue where they, this one guy wants to be communicative. He's American, I presume, based on his name. Um, and uh, apparently a lot of people liked him, and he would have done a good job, and he could do you know, better by the people who are paying attention to him, but Nintendo just won't let him do what he wanted to do. So... Yeah, it sounds like an action out of fear, you know. It's very scary, the prospect of having, you know, one guy be, like, openly or at least uh, highly communicative. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. About issues. I don't know why. A lot of companies are well, scared I, of that, well, but they shouldn't be. Well, I'll, no, I think, I think there's a good reason, but I, I also think that the, the right way to do PR is to be more open about it. But I think that they're all afraid of the Streisand effect, basically. You know, they feel like the more something is discussed, the more it will continue to be discussed. And the more that happens, each each of those instances opens them up to risk of uh, people saying bad stuff or just bad things happening. So better to not bring up anything or say anything for fear that something bad might happen. But of course, yeah, well, the thing is, we all know. How that's that an old model. That's that is a theory. Yeah, that, it is the old way. Yeah, that's a theory yeah. that works well in an age where information is not freely shared. Um, but the public is already talking about you, and they that that effect will happen with or without your participation, and unless you do something to really, really spark the fire by saying something idiotic, um, they're going to talk whether or not you do. And so it's better to be out there and control the information. And um, I mean, that's basic, yeah. like you know, modern PR. Um, education. So anyway, I hope they get it. I hope they start opening up more. If you read the article that I linked to, uh, it's a Polygon article, and I linked to it on our Facebook page. Um, it talks about how he made a lot of changes that really benefited the devs, uh, indie devs. And unfortunately, it's one of those situations where he made positive changes, but they don't even know about them because they're not being um, talked about very much. I guess there was a rule that like, if you wanted to develop for like the eShop or something if you wanted to be an indie dev you had to have an office meaning not your home and like they would have you send photographs and if they saw a couch they would question why there's a couch and if that was your couch or if it was an office couch like that's how deeply ingrained it was that That sounds weird right and so they he got that rule changed but then he would talk to developers and say well i want to develop for you guys but i can't because i don't have my own office he's like oh no we changed that right Anyway, I, I encourage everyone to read that article because it's really insightful and a little bit sad. Um, but, uh, you know, let's hope things change. Anyway, our one break 
has come upon us. So we're going to go to break. We'll be right back in a minute and uh, regroup. We'll have some other stuff to talk about. Be right back. Listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio now with fifty percent less breaks. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. Um, I have no announcements to make, so let's just get right to it. Yeah. So you were asking me about the image that I posted on our Facebook last week, I guess. Yeah, I did not take to it like all of our fans did. They seemed very intrigued by it, which why, is a sign of a good post. Why wouldn't so. you take to a morass of confusing lines drawn on a piece of paper? Well, like you, I avoid the you know Facebook vagaries trying to draw me in things. But this this was a good quiz. I mean, you're like, hey guys, what do you, you know, what do you think this game is? Um, and I just had no idea. I was or impressed. It was like it could be any role-playing game yeah so basically. if you don't know what you're, we're talking about uh you should go to our facebook and find out but we'll also tell you it's basically a giant hand-drawn flow chart with all sorts of words inside your squares and circles that say stuff like uh <laughs> well, it's hard for me to read my screen is too small you, give me some examples well basically it's it's a, it's a graph from um this old Wow, it's so old. It's an N64 game called Lost Kingdoms, which incidentally uh, was quite a good game. And it was by From Software. And I actually think it's one of their better games. Um, not the least of which reasons being that that game does not try to unfairly ruin your life with every step you make. Uh, well, that's good. I, I don't know. I was making what, a reference flow- to, to Dark Souls. But, yeah, I know. I know that. Um, I don't know why this flowchart would have been useful to you in the game because I don't understand the game. But like, yeah, so I see squares that say Necromancer I'll break or it down. Ghost Armor. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that could apply to anything. So all really. those things are cards in the game, which are also monsters. So it's like, Ice Golem. It's kind of like a one-player collectible card game, but not really because it's, it's not like a card battle game. But everything in the game is a card. And so this actually was from one of my notebooks – from well, it was from when the game came out. It was from before when the game came out because this was something I drew for myself while I was doing a strategy guide on it. So it's funny as I look at that and I'm like, eh, that was probably like a twelve or thirteen year old. But you were like twenty three. Yeah. Okay. So obvious, it was not done for artistic purposes. But at one point, you know, I was showing my stuff to a really good friend, and she was like hey, this is really cool. You should post this. And I'm like, why do you think that's cool? And she just thought it was really cool. So I was like, okay, well, if somebody else thinks it's cool, then maybe more than one people think it's cool. So here's the fun. Let me tell you, Facebook has convinced me that it's really cool because every time I go on there, they're like, this post is doing better than 95% of your other posts. You should really pay to advertise it. Oh, well, they haven't told me anything like that yet, but it's probably because they know they'll never get any money from me. They've probably already deduced that from all their algorithms. Yeah, probably. So here's the here's the interesting thing actually about this chart and the reason why it looks like it was designed by a seven-year-old. You know, when you make relationships between things that don't exist in real life, the, the complexity of those relationships don't necessarily have to be um, structured in a way that maps well to visualization. And what I mean by that is that, okay, so basically this graph, right, everything in the game is a card, and it costs some amount of currency to basically transform an, one card into another card, okay? And each card has, like, multiple ones of these transformations. So this chart basically graphs out how you can get whatever card you want from whatever other card you already have. Get it? Uh, Hard to follow, but I think, yeah. So 
Though I imagine you could have drawn it in a more organized way. No, I couldn't have. And this is my point. And this is the interesting thing that came out of the process of me actually attempting this. Because the way that they program these relationships, like, I mean, I'm just going to say the same thing I said again in different words. They, they didn't have to do it in a way that would make a sensible map. And so what I found out, if you actually look at the tangle of stuff that is in that map, you will see that no matter how you arrange the stuff topologically, you're going to have a lot of lines crossing over a lot of other lines. It's just – it is a huge mess of relationships and there's no easy way to do it. Yeah. And well, what, I guess the, this also assumes that you're unwilling to draw any element more than once. So like you, you could start with any card and show the potential progression of that one card and then do that same thing. Yeah, I mean you could – if you card. wanted to do it elegantly, you could split it up into groups and then that would make sense. But as a whole – you can't. And you'll actually see. So what I actually did was because this – at the time I was you know, writing for that magazine, Tips and Tricks, and I wrote a whole bunch of strategy guides for them. So I was writing a strategy guide for this game. And so I love to make maps. I'm just a cartographer at heart. So one of the things I do when I used to do strategy guides was I would map out things – in my sketchbook to see if it would be cool enough or appropriate enough to actually, uh, you know, redo as a nice piece of art and publish it in the magazine. And what I found out here, because you can tell I started at a certain spot and I just kept on going until I got to the whole graph. And it went, you know, outside of the pages because there wasn't enough room. And then what I also discovered was that there's not enough um, – I, I had to actually basically duplicate some of the cards because I ran out of room in a lot of different places. Like physically, I ran out of room. So okay. that's the result you see. It was an experiment to see what the map of the different relationships between the cards looked like. And it was a huge spaghetti mess that can't really be straightened out as a whole. So that yeah, was I interesting. I feel like it deserves an Excel spreadsheet. Well, that's searchable. Digitally. Yeah, you know, so like I'm like a spatial guy, you know. So charts are boring to me. So I always try to represent things visually as much as I can. Yeah. All right. Well, I can tell you, people thought it was very interesting. In fact, one person even wrote, "Your freaking charts are amazing to look at, even the old ones." Yeah. So thank you, whoever you are, who said that. That was Teresa Katz. Yeah, I don't know who that is actually. Yeah, and neither do I. But that's cool. I'm glad we have people paying attention. Um. <clears throat> I do not have a chart like that. I'm trying to think of a time when I – the last time I wrote on paper for a video game was actually sure. – um, I know what game it is, but now I can't remember the name of it. You know that like crazy Canadian developer who was all indie and then decided he's out of the game and whatever? Fez. It was Fez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was for that one trying to deal with the language and all that, which you know, eventually I ended up stealing from the internet anyway for some things. That yeah. Were just I do that stuff do. all the time. I do it even for – Puzzle and Dragons, which I'm still playing. Seriously? You're still on that? Yeah. I mean, they only let me play, like, a couple times a day anyway for free, so. Jesus. You know, I, like, play once. Like, I lose. Okay, can't play until tomorrow, 8 8 a.m. You know, it's kind of like that. All right, so can I tell you what I did last night now? Changing gears a little bit? Let's go for it. All right, so, as you know, I have a baby. And um, we, the way I set up my new house, because I moved, I mean, people know that I moved to Colorado. And uh, instead of having an Xbox 360 by each television, I just, we got rid of the, the old one. It's like sitting in a box downstairs uh, in the basement. But, so the 360 is in the bedroom, which was our main media consumption device, you know, Netflix and Hulu Plus and all that. But we had it at, at both televisions, so it didn't matter. Which, of course, means the person who's not familiar with video game systems can easily navigate and doesn't have to learn a new method. So then we get to this new house. She's like, why do we have to use the Xbox 360 for this? Why can't, or why do we have to use the Xbox One uh-huh. you know, instead of this or that or whatever? But, of course, we don't have the 360, so she has to get used to it. So um, the Xbox 360 has become the default media device in the main area of the home. And 
since she's constantly breastfeeding this baby, basically nonstop, which you might be able to hear him in the background at this point because he's crying now. Um, Has so the baby her, done any biting yet? Uh, yes, it's pretty pretty early that they start that. That I have I have a memory of doing that to my mother. Oh, seriously? Yeah, uh, that's it. I just wanted to interject. That's not a memory I want to have. <laughs> it was um, funny. <laughs> okay, so she she does not enjoy it. But but the point is, she's busy doing this, and uh, it leaves her without a lot of free hands. And so we've we've taken to talking to the Xbox quite a bit. And you can do not everything you need to, but you can do a lot by talking to the Xbox. But I realize, like, you know, turning on the television, she has to go find the remote for the TV or get up and turn it on. Um, oh, you should get and, with Xbox PR immediately. No, but here's the thing. So I thought that in order for it to control your other devices, which it can totally do, but I thought you needed IR blasters, you know, like the little things you plug in the back and like you stick to the front of your TV and it blasts the signals of the TV to turn it on. Okay. Um, like those are common when you're dealing with uh, satellite, you know, boxes and all that stuff. Um, so I thought you needed one. I never, I never researched like how do you do the whole home entertainment system stuff with the Xbox One, and then last night I just started, you know, googling it or whatever from my phone, and I, I learned I had no idea that it did this, but I learned that the Connect acts as an IR emitter for all of the devices that it needs to control. What? So it can actually, which isn't a lot, but it can control your television on off and volume. Um, and it can control your receiver, which are exactly the two things I wanted to control. Wait, but doesn't it have to be facing the object that it's attempting? To no, control? man, because infrared bounces, and as long as it's not too like sunny oh, in the area. Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't um, it? To- and I, so I, am, I assume, it, especially because it's plugged in, it can really amp up the signal so that it bounces quite a bit. Um, and so it's facing the same direction as both my TV and my receiver, but neither my TV or my receiver are behind you know, walls of any sort. There's no glass. There's no anything. So now when I say Xbox on, it turns on my television and it turns on my receiver. It doesn't set my receiver to the right place, but whatever, right? It's usually set to the Xbox one anyway. One task um, down at least. Yeah. Well, two TV and receiver. And, um, and of course, turning it off does the same thing, which is great. Like I, for whatever reason, I just hadn't researched this because I assumed, well, I can't do anything. Now I have a complaint too, because I also... I looked in the uh, – so it has this thing called the One Guide, which is just your TV guide built into the Xbox One, yeah. which is cool. It could be handy. But you can – and I was like, okay, I don't have cable or satellite because the only thing we pay for is internet and we stream everything. But just recently I plugged in my little uh, – my my Mohu Leaf or whatever it's called, the, uh, the antenna to get the HD signals to the television because I found it in a box, right? Um, so I, I plugged that in. And I realized, okay, that doesn't have an HDMI connection, but I'm, I now have television, so I'm kind of curious. And I looked at the TV settings for the Xbox One, and you can tell it, I, I use antenna, I use you know satellite, or I use cable. And I was like, well, how the hell does it deal with antenna? I have no idea. But I set it up. I said I have the antenna for Denver, and so it gives me the guide. And so I can go, I can go into the guide, and I can press the button on like you know, two and a half men or whatever stupid show there's playing that night. And when I press the button to say, you know, take me to that show, it does not handle it elegantly at all. Like it just like takes you back to the home screen or something stupid because it doesn't actually get a signal. So oh. what's it going to do with it? Oh, well. It just does nothing. Um, now there is a box you can get that takes, it's like a digital converter box um, by someone. So it can take your antenna and then plug it in through HDMI Um so that's probably what it's for, but it's a little bit uh, misleading to me where I'm like, antenna, okay, cool. Well, how do I use it? More importantly, like, why are you going to give me the guide if I can't do anything with it other than know what television I could be watching <laughs> if I flipped over to television? Um, so that was a little annoying. But point is, the, the good stuff is I can turn everything on. It uses the connect for the signal uh, for the transmitter. And my life is easier now because of that. And it's basically because I was just too lazy to learn about it or probably to read the manual. It probably explains it all in the manual, which I never read. So anyway, I was just happy about that. And I figured I should point it out. And now my wife's life is easier too. Yeah, you know, I think that Microsoft really missed out on the PR boat about explaining all of the ways that 
you can use voice command or the kinds of people who would want voice command the most. Like, like pregnant? Like or, if you're – like new moms? Yeah, if you're pregnant, OK. Like you, first I was thinking if you have no arms <laughs> or if you have a condition that does not allow the utilization of your arms. And then, of course, as you were talking, I realized, you know, well, pregnant women also may not use their arms. Or yeah. newly baby-created women also cannot have the faculty of their arms because yeah, more so than the pregnant women, up. I think. But yeah. yeah, and um, you know, I don't know. I'm sure we can come up with some other classes of people that they should just totally directly market to. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think there's also a lot of men who frequently don't want to use their hands while watching videos. Um, so there's, there's a market. Yeah, I guess you could have that too. <laughs> There, you know, there definitely is a market. Um, although, although PlayStation, you know, they solved that problem with well, ASCII did with the one-handed controller. Uh, well, yeah, but I don't think that works on the PlayStation Four. Maybe. No, did sadly. you did you know by the way that they Sony or three Sony updated the PlayStation Three so that you can, although it's a little bit weird, you can get the PlayStation Four controller to work on the PlayStation Three even wirelessly. Um, oh, that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, I actually – I only have two controllers for my PS3. For. So I thought, great. Well, now I'll have three controllers to play one of these you know, sports friends games with people. And so I brought it with me and it was the first actually, time I was Actually, no. That's – you know what? Yeah, I shouldn't be snide. That actually is pretty it, it is neat for someone in my situation. And um, – Because oh, those things are pricey too. Oh, damn. You don't want to get the, the $5 yeah, you know, it's mo- Mad Panther It's more than – <laughs> panther it's more than 50 dollars for a controller now like ps3 or ps4 so screw that but so i get it working but it turns out that it doesn't work with all games and i can't for the life of me understand why it wouldn't work for all games like it works with the menus it works with the sony's like dvd software oh, and all that i don't know it's got to be some sort of really low level emulation thing problem how hard is it it's like here's here's input control if you get the os says i got the input for this button i got the input for this direction i don't no. I'm sure someone technical understands it, but if it would obviously, for, it's more complex than that. I feel like if it would work oh. for any game that was not developed by Sony after this became an option, then it should work for all of them. And apparently, that's not the case. Specifically for Sports Friends, the one game I wanted to use, it didn't work. So uh, that was a bummer. Um, but it is kind of a cool thing that they added. Anyway, that was I was not planning on talking about that. Um, I got a couple other things. I don't know if you want me to want me to keep going or. Let me let me do one, right. and then um, we'll see what else you got. I had this thing on my list for a really long time, and it's worth bringing up even still. Have you ever heard of a game called Boundin? No, and you sent me this ahead of time, like in our little Skype chat, and I had no idea what yeah. it was. This is really interesting. It is a smartphone slash tablet game, but it, really it should be called just a smartphone game because... It is a game that is – it's one of these super outside-the-box types of games. Uh, it is a game about dancing, but as far as I understand it, and I don't, I don't think it's out yet. I think they're still developing it. You should really search for the word bound in. It's like the word bound plus E-N. And because none of these explanations are going to uh, suffice for what this this thing really is. Basically, what happens is – it is a game where there's two people in real life who have to play it, and each one puts their thumb on opposite positions of the screen, and they hold the device between them face up so that you can kind of see the screen when you really need to. And the game gives you commands or instructions on basically... Um, what moves to do together as a dancing movement, and the rule is that both of you have to keep touching the thing. You have to keep your finger on the thing the entire time. So, what? So, like, you each have your thumb on the screen, but then you have to like throw your leg out in some sort of dancey. No, I think that all the things you have to do are encapsulated in basically what you're doing to the tablet or the smartphone. But because both of your hands each are attached or one each is attached to it, the way that you're forced to or required to move the thing in space 
uh, is basically something that maps to a dancing room. Oh, oh, it's not sitting on a table or something. No, you are both holding it together. And so you both have to make – this is the beautiful part of it. You have to work together. Because this is not just the game. This is like a device – for meeting somebody and learning about them through body language without actually having a verbal conversation. Think about that. Wow. So I think this is incredible. Is there any gamification in it, though? Like, does it actually... Well, it is a game. It is actually a game. But it can, like, score something and say, you did this well or or poorly? Well, I think there is, yeah, there is a sense of doing well and poorly. I don't know how far they've gotten or how much uh, that they've actually revealed how precisely that works. But it is it is truly a game in that sense. Well, that's neat. It is super neat because right because both people you got to both of them you can't let go. So you're it's it's just I don't know I'm completely flabbergasted. It's it's just such an amazing thing. And you could do that with pre- basically all of the stuff out there today because they all like there's gyros in like everything. Yeah, that's right. I actually I don't know if the the Xbox One must, but I don't know of any. I don't think it's used it at all. I wonder if it does. I can't keep track anymore. I'm so old. Anyway. Okay, well, that sounds neat. And so, yeah, people should look it up. Post that stuff on our Facebook page, man. There's a link to something somewhere. That is a good idea. I hope I'll remember to do that. Yeah. Um, So I I read something today uh, that I just didn't didn't know existed. Just kind of like the guy who, the author of this very quick article was just like, uh, apparently, you can pause Dota 2. Do you know what Dota 2 is? Uh, Defense of the Ancients. Yeah. I, I don't even know what it stands for. I just know it's one of the most popular MMOs, right? In fact, isn't that the one that just had like the highest paying tournament last month or something? Yeah, I think so. And I just made up that, that acronym. Oh, did too. you? Oh, okay. So I don't even know it's if that's wrong. right. I hope it's okay. Right. So anyway, it is a very, very popular MMO. I don't think it's number one because I think League of Legends might have that or World of Warcraft or who the hell knows. But it's very, very popular. And apparently... I thought it was like an expansion to something, but this is, this is the part in the show where... Um, yeah, neither of us know, know what we're talking about. But the point is, yeah. it is a non-single player game. And That is definitely true. Yeah, and you can... I think they call it... Wait a minute. This is what I'll get right for sure. I think it's a MOBA Multiplayer online battle arena. Oh, all right. So there's so lots if, of people. If I got the if I got the genre wrong, at least I got that acronym. Gotcha. Right. So, so there's a lot of people something. who play simultaneously, and you can pause this thing. And I thought that is definitely odd. But how is that even possible? Because there's lots of people moving at once. Well, they Isn't unexpectedly there? they stop moving, and I thought to myself, if that's the case. It, it must be that anybody can also unpause the game, at least at some point. Like maybe there's a forced pause for a few seconds, but you can't just leave it indefinite or people would totally troll oh, each other. I don't know. I don't even know why this feature exists. I mean, lots of games have gone on fine without having a pause button. Yeah, but apparently you can and people do it. And I guess it's to like, I mean, there's a number of reasons, but the guy's like, I did it because I had to go pee or to go downstairs and get a drink or or an- well, those are valid answer reasons. the door or something. And I find myself all the time, like, I'm playing Titanfall, and the doorbell rings, and I was like, damn it. Now, I'd be pissed off if people were pausing the game while I was playing, but I want to... Well, yeah, I'm like, what's happening to the other people? And if they have equal control... Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Titanfall goes so far as to, to know that you're not playing. Like, if, if you haven't uh, moved the controller at all in i don't know what the time limit is but it's something relatively short like two minutes or something it disconnects you from the server automatically it's like hey we disconnected you from lack of response or whatever they they say that's that's pretty smart yeah it is good because people can come into the game live right so someone else could take your spot so it's useful in a situation like this but in dota 2 i guess people take it really seriously and you can pause it and now other people can unpause it unless the person who paused it uh, was disconnected from the server which might mean that they automatically pause it if you get dropped from the server. Um, the idea being that it gives you a certain amount of time to try to reconnect so that the game can go uninterrupted, so to speak. Um, and of course, I mean, it, I'm, there's some time limit after which point people will just unpause it. But uh, again, I just thought I, it was very interesting. You and I had not heard of this. And uh, I'm curious if, you, if any of our listeners have experience with this game and with this particular aspect of the game. 
Or if any of you have been scoring about how many things I got right and wrong, you can tell us that, on Facebook. That too. Um, yeah, like I wonder how, how it's affected and if it gets abused and if people basically are respectful of it. Like if someone pauses, is there some sort of unspoken digest of, of rules associated with this? Like if you pause it, you have to tell the group why. And if you don't, they'll unpause it. Or are, is there a certain list of things that they will allow you to pause for and not like unpause it, you know, against yeah, your wishes? I guess it depends on the group of people you're yeah. with. You know? Like it basically, has there been some social contract developed out of this, um, this ability that the developers will, you know, allow in the game? Because it seems like uh, certainly a potentially abused feature. But if it's, if it's treated with respect, then that's really interesting. That a, well, a group yeah, of I people... could like come online with the handle Mr. Unpause. <laughs> yeah. Guess what I'm going to do all day long. <laughs> and there probably are some people like that. Um, okay. Yeah. Do we have anything else that we want to cover today? Absolutely. But we are, I think, out of time. Yeah. I feel like this is a good place to end the show, especially because my kid has been crying nonstop for like the last 10 minutes. And my wife is probably really angry that I'm not helping. So um, this will be a good place to close. Uh, we've mentioned many times that you should go to our Facebook page to talk about various things or see stuff that we're going to post. So I encourage you to do that. Slash uh, Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's also linked from our website. Um, thank you so much for, for sticking with us over the past month without any sort of updates. Um, we will try to do another show, I think, uh, two weeks. That's the decision, right? Um... Yeah, let's try it in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I see Good idea. I see no reason not to. So we'll see you guys in uh, in two weeks. And if you have any, any advice or suggestions or praise or criticism, head over to the Facebooks, and uh, we'll see you there. And I'll say goodnight to 90% of the guys and to the 10% of the girls. <laughs> All right, till next time, folks. Good night. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.